Hello, and welcome to the first episode of a new show on modern front-end web design. It's a discussion show, but one where we'll also be sharing the practical applications of our chats. And to do this, we'll be live developing the noscript.show website. It's bare bones as we record this, but we'll be constantly changing and experimenting with it as part of the show. And before we introduce ourselves, hello, Nathan. Um, I thought I'd quickly summarize the purpose of the show. And the hint is in the episode's title, which is borrowed from a talk by Jen Simmons, and it goes back to 2018. And it's called Everything You Know About Web Design Just Changed. And in it, she argues that we're standing at the threshold of an entirely new era in digital design. And since then, it's become more of a reality with a much more improved spec from the W3C, the World Wide Web Consortium, and great advances in what web browsers can do for us. So we thought it was probably time that we dug into this. And to do that justice, we're going to put aside web building frameworks and platforms because the impact of what's going on now will be felt there later and directly concentrate on what's coming from the W3C and browser vendors. As early adopters, both of us of low-code page builders, we've become quite detached from this, so we are very much going back to school with this. But uh, it's not coming out of a deep desire to be coding experts. It's really the tantalizing prospect that we might be able to do a better job with less code and complexities and that we might be able to use what we've learned, the foundations of this knowledge, to employ how we use our tools appropriately. So that's enough for me. Nathan, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm Nathan Wrigley. I have been working with David on WordPress podcasts years and years and years now, but I think I'll just give a little bit of my backstory. So I began working with the web. I think it was very, very late 1990, so 1999, 1998, something like that. But back in that time, anybody was really with 10 minutes. If you put your nose into a book for 10 minutes, you could probably be as good as almost anybody else. It was really the very beginnings. And I was learning about how to put up web pages just purely for my own interest and discovered that there were pieces of software out there which could handle building web pages and putting the assets into the correct folders, things like Microsoft front page and what have you. And I really got into it on a deep level and kind of obsessed about it and kept learning and kept learning. But there wasn't a lot to learn except frustration, essentially, because back in the day, it was all tables-based layouts. And if you wanted to mimic something like a magazine layout, which is at that time what everybody was trying to achieve. There really wasn't the idea of, okay, the web is its own thing. It was, well, we're trying to produce magazines online. That was really hard to do. So it became very frustrating. And then CSS came along and I started to learn that. And then a bit of serendipity, a friend of mine needed a website. So I helped them with that and kind of had this intuition that, well, maybe there's a, maybe there's a job in this. And sure enough, there was back in those days because it was a level playing field. There were no offices where you could go and meet web designers. There were no web pages, uh, you know, showing off the, the portfolio of work that you've done in the past. I was as good as almost anybody else. Those days have long since gone. 
but I was able to pitch myself and in my local community became one of the people that did this work. So I've been using um, those skills for years and years and years. Then I discovered CMSs, uh, Drupal, Magento, and then finally WordPress, which I settled on and started to use that. And that's where I've settled and stayed since probably about 2015, something along those lines. Very happy with WordPress. I will be continuing to use it. But David spotted that there was a shift and a lot of the things that we once would have found very, very difficult to implement without complicated knowledge of things like JavaScript have been moved over into the CSS spec or are going to be moved over into the CSS spec. Mm -hmm. And the options and the possibilities of CSS are going to be amazing in the future. So we're trying to make that the focus of this podcast, just examining what's coming, what we know thus far. I have to say that my knowledge is pretty poor. I have let myself become very de-skilled because of platforms like WordPress and the amazing page builders that they provide. So I have let my knowledge stagnate and I'm probably stuck in 2018 or something like that. Things have moved on and I felt that I needed to upskill. And luckily, David's here with his cape, superhero <laughs> David, uh, to yeah. save the day. And he's going to be teaching me uh, along the way. And hopefully at some point, I'll be able to teach him a thing or two as well. Yeah, if only that was the case. And really, <laughs> this show is both of us on a journey of learning. I've got a few months ahead of you. So I'll just give my backstory quickly because it's yeah. very similar to yours. You know, about 2005, I started, you know, playing around with this because I thought the web seemed very exciting and got books the same on HTML and CSS and built, you know, some sites for some friends and family. Then I discovered WordPress in 2007. So a long time I've been with that. And I really only used that to help me in my work. I had a remote team and it was great for communication with those. And then about 2012, I took a career break from that, went traveling. And an old friend of mine from school was a web designer, needed some help with WordPress. She asked me, could I help? This was a big job. I got involved in that and then started working on all the other things. Didn't go back to the UK and have been doing this since with WordPress and then getting into the page builders. And then it's only recently, uh, since she packed in what she was doing and I've got more of my own clients, I realized that most of mine just actually don't use their builder or got into trouble with them or something like that. So mostly I thought, well, in their case, I don't really need to do that. I really should be able to go back and just do it with the HTML and CSS. So <laughs> that's what I've been doing. So I've got a few months on you, but not that much really in terms of catching up. But so much has happened that it's, you know, worthy of a show, we think. So yeah, yeah that's where we're at. And We've got a third guest, haven't we? Well, we do. We kind of have a third guest. The, the third guest is going to be joining us on most of the episodes, I imagine. And the third guest <laughs> is a website. The third <laughs> guest is the noscript.show website. That's a URL, noscript.show. And um, I should probably just point out at this point that if you're looking uh, at the video, all of this will be obvious. But if you're listening to this on audio, uh, we're recording this as a video and as audio, and there'll be a YouTube channel where we'll put things. So we'll try to make sure that the audio satisfies all of the requirements and we'll try to explain things um, in words as well as visually. But if there is something that we say, which you think, oh, well, I would like to see that, then noscript.show will be the website. I'm sure at various points we'll clumsily uh, say something that's on the screen and forget to point out exactly what it means to the audio listeners. 
but hopefully you'll be able to find it um, equally on audio and video. And what's the point of this? It looks like a pretty pretty bare bones website at the moment. Yeah, it is. And that's intentional. Well, we kind of thought about this after we did the show that it might be best to demonstrate it because as we know, with the podcast that you're still running there, your site has had to change over time. We thought, well, we'll start with something as simple as you possibly can make it. And then we can use this as we learn kind of, or explain what we've been learning over the time. We can actually put that to practical applications and show it on the site. And maybe I think when it goes to diving into some of the code, which I'll take responsibility for, I can do some separate videos, perhaps on my own channel, which we can connect to, which will just go into that if anybody wants to get into it. But largely, I think it's just there so we can demonstrate, you know, decisions that we might make about a website in real time, if you like. So that's the idea with that. We may even, I think, you know, because we've both got that WordPress thing and I'm still working with it as a sort of CMS to help me build the sites and organize code, we could go off in that direction where some of that will get, you know, so we can have global areas like headers and footers in that and manage that kind of stuff. But the idea of this show is to try and keep it so whatever we talk about could equally be true if you were using a static site generator like Astro or something like that. So we're going to keep the focus on the on the, the more code side of stuff. Although, you know, the aim of this one isn't really not, we don't want to exclude anybody who doesn't really want to touch code. I think we're heading into a new direction where just knowing what's going on in code is useful, even if you, you know, hand that over to a builder. It might be useful to have the background. So, yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we, we'll, we'll see how, how this website progresses. But I think the intention really is that what we're talking about in each episode may very well get reflected almost immediately onto the website. So I can't say what that'll be because we haven't planned that far into the future. But let's say that we talk about a particular thing, the intention is that that thing will get displayed on the website soon after the podcast episode is released. It may well be that we put show notes or things on that website as well. And who knows, we may have some sort of way back machine type feature where you can look at screenshots of how it was in the past. And if you go to screenshot one, I guess you'll be looking at what we've got today, which is really... What we're looking at today is a website which you could have built in 1998. It's images and text, and it's it's really bare bones, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, I think your archive is a good thing. I think we'll do that with this when we make a, a next change. We'll we'll put it somewhere so someone can look at it. And I, I can imagine over time that we'll run out of things that we can do with this site for one particular purpose, and we might just start to explore other things, which we've, we've done t together in another podcast. We did a whole series looking at somebody and how they might build their site. So we That's might right, do this yeah. more practically with this. So yeah, let's talk a little bit more about then the, the format of the show, where we intend to go with it. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I, there's not much to say because you actually covered the fact that it's going in two forms and that I might do some other videos. I think the frequency of the show, we're going to just keep that wide open. We're going to do them as we want for, you know, so we don't burden ourselves. But also uh, for me, I think for the quality, if we're, if we're going to try and cover the stuff that we're going to cover now, which is big changes there, when we're probably going to need to represent the experts properly, and that means catching up as we're learning. So it might take a bit of time between various episodes, I think. So we'll yeah. keep it loose. Podcast episodes that both of us have recorded so far have been on a real regular cadence, but we decided just for the the purposes of this podcast that it it will come out when it comes out so if we don't do an episode for several weeks that doesn't mean it's gone away keep it in your 
podcast player yeah. of choice, but it, it will come around at some point when we manage to get around to, to doing an episode. I think the intention right at the beginning is to get a few recorded so that they will have a regular sure. cadence because obviously yeah. we have, you know, more inspiration at this point, but we'll, we'll see how this goes. So that's in terms of the frequency, but why the name? Why no script dot show? That's on you, uh. David. <laughs> well, you too. Um, we did have some fun with some names there, but, um, well, it's a kind of pun, isn't it? Because of the fact that we generally, as you'll see, I mean, as you scroll down for the YouTube people, you'll see that we've got some show notes there. And that's basically what we're going off. We have no script. We just have a, a bunch of bullet points and we hope that we get to the end with something sensible. But also it's a bit of a pun and it's not hating on JavaScript, but it's also using the tag no script where you don't want, you know, for people who are not running JavaScript. And and the thing behind that is that a lot of what's coming to CSS means that you don't need so much JavaScript. So hopefully if it, you're doing the kind of jobs that, you know, I will do, maybe less so with you, Nathan, but uh, mostly just that front end stuff. I probably don't need JavaScript. So it's just a bit of a fun on that really. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, as we've said, the website is going to be experimental. It's going to be in flux. So if it looks really good one week, but terrible the next. Uh, it's by design, honestly. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, by design. Exactly. So, so who's who's the intended audience for this? Then I should probably say we're going to put this into the WP Bills, which is the podcast David mm -hmm. and I have done for many years. We're going to put it into that feed as well. So, hello to those listeners. Mm. Um, are we trying to capture some of those? Is there an intention that maybe some people that have been using CMSs might be interested in this as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, the idea is just to talk about the changing fundamentals of the web. So, you know, it should, in theory, be relevant to anybody, whatever platform they're using. And I think still relevant, even if you're using a no-code solution, I think just to know what is there, I think that might help you make informed decisions about what tools you're going to use and how you're going to use them, whether you need to use them in all situations. So I think, it, you know, we're aiming for everybody, but and maybe mostly it might be for people who are... Um, freelancers just starting out who, you know, suddenly, which route do you go? Do you go WordPress route? Do you go JavaScript React route? Do you go HTML or CSS? It's quite hard. So we are taking one side of that, but I think we'll balance it out. And, uh, but I think who it doesn't suit or won't suit is going to be the people who are doing more complex backend apps stuff with JavaScript libraries and working in large teams because we've no experience of that and we're not going to cover that stuff. So probably exclude those people. I think another audience, which you kind of alluded to, would be the, the, the person that I am, which is the, the person that's used a bunch of tools, but is still interested in what you can do just with a text editor, basically. So yeah. if you've been using a particular, let's say, page builder or online software, SaaS software that's enabled you to throw pages and uh, things like that together with point and click interfaces, but you're curious as to how all that is underpinned and what the technologies are behind it, then then this hopefully will keep you up to date with some of those bits and pieces. And yeah, if you're just curious about the web in general, you never know, yeah. we might stray into sort of more slightly opaque topics as well. So I think that's who it's for. Then we're going to move on to um, why, you know, what was the what were the things yeah. in the web, the web industry going on behind the scenes that that made this show as, as an idea in your head, what prompted you to come up with this? 
Yeah, so it is all of these changes, which we'll talk about more in the next couple of episodes, I think. We'll talk about some of the leading voices, if you like. But um, a big one is browser interoperability, the idea that the big players now who make our browsers have for the first time um, come together for the last couple of years to decide what spec they're introducing. And they have always been working, or at least in recent years, with the W3C and the CSS group. So suddenly, we've got more stuff than we've ever had. You know, uh, in a couple of years, it's kind of speeded up faster than I think probably the last 20 years in the web. Because in the early days, it used to be a case that the, the web spec was a kind of vague thing, leaving the browsers to go and do their own interpretation of it. And then they're competing to be the better browser. We get the browser wars. But now that's kind of come to an end. So that's a huge shift, I think. And, you know, we're seeing so much in terms of layout, but, you know, really exciting stuff that needed JavaScript animation and kind of pop-ups and transitions between pages that you would need some big, something like React or something to do. So, you know, that's, that's massive there. Um, I think it's really possibly something that you miss if you've only been working on the web for a few years, you, you probably didn't really realize that there was this period of time in which the browsers really fought against each other. They, they, did, they implemented things in entirely different ways, meaning that websites that you built were, were a, fr a much more frustrating experience than they are now, because you would, you would have something which would look different depending on the browser that it was viewed in. And so you had to go through all of these hoops that you had to jump through to make it look the same in Firefox and Internet Explorer as was and Safari and so on. And now those problems have largely gone away. And it's for the benefit of everybody, really, that these, these large browser vendors, so you mentioned, you know, Google and Microsoft and Mozilla and all of that, all of these, these organizations are talking to each other because, well, it just makes sense for, for people designing websites, but it also makes sense for people consuming websites because we can do better things more quickly. And I think that's the bit that I missed is because these companies are talking to each other and because these vendors are communicating with each other, the pace of change has really picked up in, yeah. in the last few years. And I missed that. I missed that whole cycle of all the different pieces that have, that have been, been made possible. And that's the excitement for me about this. So we're going to explore what you may have missed, you, you may not even yeah. have known because you just let your, let your tool do the work for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's partly the W3C's fault for not having very clear specification, but now you've got all the browser vendors in with the invited experts, really. And, you know, it's one of those systems that they have where unless everybody's happy, it doesn't go forward. It doesn't go into the spec. So you've got, you know, kind of the global best minds out there all looking at problems that could be created by adding something to CSS. So there's, I don't think there's ever been a time like that. So at 30 years old, you know, the web suddenly kind of become very adult and uh, things are happening quickly. But yeah, the next point we got on there was, um, oh, well, I've gone out of order, but it's intrinsic design really, which we mentioned before, which is, well, uh, it's not easy to sum up. Do you, do you have an idea, Nathan, of that could be summed up in a few words. No, no, I really don't. And I'm, I'm sort of keen not to stumble into sort of getting that wrong. But it, it, if you haven't noticed, there is a trend. I mean, there's always trends. There's always a, a kind of moniker of what, what is current in the web. So it, it may have been responsive web design for a period of time. 
we're now moving into a period of intrinsic web design. I've noticed in the in the WordPress space that we've been mm. both very much involved in that this word seems to be popping out more and more. You know, the tool that we've got is built with intrinsic web design in place. And I guess it's um well, just cribbing from the show notes, it's a reaction to the the mobile web um, and the fact that there are there really isn't any sensible set of defaults for what the the screen size or the dimensions are that your viewers will be looking at your website in. So for a long period of time, it was a desktop, it was a tablet, it was a mobile, and those three things fitted really well. And you could have queries, media queries, as they're called in CSS, so that if it's a mobile, we'll show this. If it's a desktop, we'll show this. And I think it's it's trying to bridge the gap to the point where, well, we have no idea what people are going to be looking on. It could be any shape or size. And and so it's it's more about that. We don't care. Yeah. We're agnostic to the size of it. We'll show it beautifully, whatever size. And obviously that requires a little bit of back-end engineering to make it work rather than three breakpoints. You need some technology to say, okay, we don't care what it is. It's going to show beautifully and it's going to show fluidly no matter what size or shape of device you're yeah. using. Uh, is, yeah. Would you say that's about right? Yeah, I think we'll do an, we will do an episode actually on this one and particularly look over Jen Simmons' talk, which is now, you know, things have moved on since you made that one. I, I mean, for her, uh, it's she just felt it was coming into this new age. All of this new stuff had come to CSS, particularly for her CSS grid, where you could, uh, as a designer, suddenly realize that you could use white space, you can move stuff around, you can have things be very fluid in a way. And for her, as the designer side of it, she's um, looking at the fact there's always been this bit of a compromise between things looking pretty and great and reflecting a brand. And on the other side, making sure that this is good, usable, reusable, readable code that's accessible for everybody. And there's been this compromise, you can't have both. And she thinks now together, you know, we can have this fluid thing that will adapt and, and it deserves its own name, whether we choose to take it. It's really, I mean, I think she mentions it in her talk on it. It's, you know, she could have easily called it, uh, responsive design, but a bit better, <laughs> you know, this yeah. period, but, yeah. um, you know, it's, uh, you know, being a, adaptive to the, that. So that's definitely, I think this is a, people say, as you mentioned, I was just listening to, you know, one of the lead developers of WordPress talk about it and how they need to put that into WordPress and think about it. In fact, it, it holds back certain things that they might do because they need to accommodate and think of the future. So yeah, it'd be good looking at that. Um, and I guess getting back to the browser piece, the, the fact is that the browser can really handle a lot of the heavy lifting of, let, let's just call it the maths that's going on in the background in order to compute what needs to be done at any particular yeah. moment. And so the advances in the back end of the browser enable this to happen and you uh, it's not in our show notes but there was a lovely quote somewhere about actually uh, maybe it was jen simmons that said it browsers are quite good at math so let's let or rather computers are quite good at math so why don't we offload all of that stuff to the browser to handle on the fly and our experiences will be uh, broadly better so yeah intrinsic web design that's that's the boss that we're all on at the moment whether or not there'll be another boss just around the corner coming that we've got to hop on, but at least yeah. at the beginning of this podcast, that's uh, that's what that's the bandwagon we're on. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I've put down here. I'm probably misusing the term. I've heard Jeremy Keith mention this, who's uh, a, a kind of big player on talking about the web. He's written a lot of books and a UK guy. Um, but um, you know, just 
that recently I, I feel there's a sort of sense that because everybody's invested in making sure that the web platform, HTML and CMS, uh, is what everybody's using. That's the, the idea of the W3C, is that it is the web for everybody, for everything as well. That it's the thing that powering all the kind of different devices, not just the websites we build, but other apps and even TV and all that kind of other medium. So there has been a sort of splintering offers in the time. And I think we see that going on. There was a bit of a cold war, if you like, going on when there was Flash and there was web standards again, where Jen Simmons again wouldn't like it because, you know, the Flash would have given her the pretties and the animation and the web standards would be boring, but more usable. And I think there's a need to sort of bring that back together. That's what's making, I think, the spec get looked at, even HTML and stuff like that, because everybody's reinvested in this. And to a certain degree, there's been a lot splitting up between um, what people do, what a front-end developer suddenly split along the lines because everybody, because there was improvements there, went to the JavaScript route. So now a lot of people went to the single uh, page application route, which is entirely different. So we've got the split. So I feel there's a, there's a sense where it's a, a shifting back where you might just want to start with the HTML because that's, you know, there's no web without HTML and there's no styling without CSS. It, these two have... 100% share of the market. So the other thing is always, you know, uh, addition. So I can see that moving. Um, that's another reason for this show to just sort of see that kind of shift. You know, it's always happening, isn't it, all the time through the web. Yeah. And I need. Oh, sorry, yeah. you carry on. No, no, I was going to say about um, just bounding with that is that it's, it's really the same point. It's just about following the standards and, and stuff and getting back to that. Because the reds, uh, we'll talk about this, I think, later, but the, really the web's been a series of hacks where we've all done our own things. That's why we've needed more JavaScript because it, the CSS hasn't given us what we need. And uh, it does feel like we're reaching a point now where, wow, this is great. Almost everything that you would need to at least do layouts at the moment and much more stuff is there and it's fully documented and it's a standard of which we all agree by which has so many people who can veto it that at any point, and it's the way the browsers are going, that it's time to embrace those open standards, start to get to the idea that there is this fully documented, even the meetings are documented that we can look to. And I think that's good for us if we are doing it professionally, which isn't, this podcast isn't intended definitely for people who are freelancers. It could be anybody, but I think, you know, if you are doing it for that, it can give you credibility if you, you have documentation that you look to. Um, yeah, it's interesting because you may you may view the evolution of the web uh, as sort of a splintering, but I guess it it has to splinter in order for it to move forward. So you know, Flash came along, and honestly, it was the best thing ever when it happened. I I mean, I know that people hated it, and and there were obvious problems with, for example, on mobile phones, it was a complete disaster. But it showed what could be done, and so it made us all aware. Well. We want things to be able to move around. We want things to be able to, I don't know, show a video. We, that's a really desirable thing to have on the internet. And, and we've got it. Flash does it, but it's not a standards thing. It's, it's run entirely by this, this one company. But it showed, okay, there's a desire for this. There's an appetite for this. Let's put it in the spec. And then, you know, more recently, JavaScript frameworks to, to do animations and things like that, and a, and a whole lot more as well. It shows this is what a modern 
internet requires. Here's the things yeah. which everybody loves. We, we can see, you know, every website is using JavaScript to do this, that, and the other thing. It must be what we need. And the point about the W3C and the CSS spec is they can't, they have to be glacial. They have to move at a very slow and careful pace because once it's in the spec, once a particular thing has gone into the spec, you can't, well, maybe you can, but you can't easily remove it. So it has to glow, go at a very glacial speed. And, and so that's just a, another point. Although we look at a lot of these splintering things and tot and worry about the splintering of the internet, I think they are the, they are the way that the evolution of the internet has happened and probably will happen in the future. Yeah, I think it's always going to be that sort of tension mm. on there. Although it's interesting at the moment, I think that's why it's there. It's like, you know, is because there is that, if you like, the way that the W3C is organized and who it has in and the interest that they have, is that enough to provide us everything that we need from there? And that's kind of the interesting challenge to it. But up to now, we've always needed people who have, you know, I mean, it's the same with tables. We started with those tables and that. And of course, you know, it's a, a complete violation against what the HTML, I mean, this was designed for scientific documents to be passing around. Right. Terrible using yeah. tables for that. And then Flash, terrible in some ways for what the web is supposed to be. Some of the JavaScripts is an overcomplication, but not necessarily against it because the final output is the same. So it's interesting to see how that's pulling that way. And I think... um also, you know, if you've got that under your belt, you're kind of safe. So, you know, there is the element of open source, you know, open standards. If you learn all of that stuff, you kind of at least that's your basis and stuff. And then you, we, most of us need to use some sort of tool to organize, which is open source. And, um, you know, but to have your entire dependency on your open standards on open source is something where, you, you know, I think there's a sort of need to go back and look at it, what you can do yourself um, without necessarily always relying on a tool. So, yeah, yeah I think there's that element. And, uh, oh, the, you know what? There's so many different points that we've got down here that we could talk about. Um, I put actually a bullet point web for everyone, but I've pretty much covered that really. I think that's just, I think, that coming together more of people. Uh, you can see a real excitement about, like there's never been over the last five years, I think, for the idea of going back to HTML and CSS. We thought those days were behind us, didn't we, Nathan? We yeah, we and it, it is interesting because I haven't tried to deliberately collide with this topic. I mm. haven't gone out searching for information about this, but I have noticed that my social um, channels, they are beginning to fill up with this, and that the more that I look at it, the more I see. I mean, maybe that's a function of the algorithms at play, but nevertheless... I'm definitely seeing that there's an appetite for this. And why not? You know, why wouldn't there be? It just makes sense to, if the browser can do it, then use what the browser has. It makes absolute sense. And, and I think that, well, I could be wrong, but maybe in the next year, two years, three years, I think a lot of the things that we're going to be covering in the next few weeks will become foundational to what I've everybody also, does. I've just remembered why I wrote uh, that note, uh, the mm. web for everyone. What I'm talking about is, what there has been recently over recent years, which we've not thought about so much, is things about accessibility, performance, green right. issues, global data costs, reducing dark patterns, security issues, data misuse. All of these things have become much more prominent now. It was just enough to sign and get something out there. But we, we have to look at things like accessibility might come into European law in the same way that we're seeing things with um, 
you know, data sharing before that. So I think, you know, that's a lot of about, you know, these are all the sort of things that are going on as well. And we can explore those, I think, a lot better when we're looking at how the foundations of the web platform, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and SVGs is made. So that's another reason for the show. Yeah, um, and you went through that list, you tripped through that list very, very quickly. But if you actually uh, think about each one of those one at a time, there is a, there really is some importance attached to those. So if we just take the green web, just that one in particular, we could probably do episode after episode on that. You know, this, the whole environmental debate is not going away. It's getting more and more important, but we seem to be uh, using our devices more and more and more rather than less and less and less. And we know what that's doing. So having solutions or having implementations of technology, which allow us to view things on the website with the minimal amount of engineering in the back end to get whatever it is that you're wanting to see in front of your eyeballs, that's really important. And so if you can yeah. cut by a third or a half or three-fifths or whatever it may be, the amount of CPU that's being used, just that environmental bit alone is yeah. really important. And obviously, you listed a whole bunch of others there. So we, we can drill into those, but it's going to become more and more important. Yeah, and that's and it's all encapsulated in this, yeah. So on our site, I mean, we haven't put this first episode up, obviously, yet, but um, we're going to use the browser's own player initially, at least, because, and I think that's that move with green issues. If if the browser can do more for us, then we have to do less work. And it's a lot sensible, more sensible, because it's already on the computer anyway. So rather than us having to pump out a whole load of code and extra resources to provide that to the viewer, it's already there in their browser. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. So the, the the possibilities, the options for us to play, just the player of the audio on the website, that, that we could have probably picked a hundred different JavaScript-based solutions, but we settled for the one which requires nothing. It's just, <laughs> and what does it do? It does everything that you want it to do. Yeah, it's not flashy and whiz-bang, but it does it. But curiously, interestingly, just that one thing, it displays differently in different browsers, which I, you showed me that in Firefox, it, it has a completely different look and feel. And there's various yeah. things that are available in Chrome that aren't available in Firefox. For example, play player speed, you can't speed it up to one and a half times and all that. So there's going to be loads in all oh, this. Yeah, but yeah we're, we're going minimal. We're definitely going minimal using what the browser can do, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, just uh, for a while, I would have thought if you wanted to call yourself a developer, I've always felt like this. And now I feel a little bit more um, happy about the idea of kind of learning what I'm learning now, because I think if you thought of developers, I never would dare to call myself that. I know you, you're the same with mm. say work. And um, because front end, there hasn't been that because this CSS and there's all been these kind of hacks and tricks and you're just messing around with what should be actually a very simple language. It's a declarative language, which is, you know, one of the best things about the web, if you are using HTML and CSS, if you mess it up, the browser will still cope with it. It'll just ignore the rubbish right. that you've in there, which something like JavaScript or all these other programmer languages would need to do. But I think it's now because of, there's a sort of system developing that there's a chance now for us as front end developers to use what is basically a simple setup, if you like, that's forgiving, and but still do it in a very creditable way. So I think there's a credibility for being a front-end developer in a way that there's not been, because literally there is a very complex system in CSS that didn't really exist before. It was a little bit hacky, and the, the proper developers would just 
do anything to stick tailwind in instead and not have to deal with all that nonsense. And I think that's changing. So, yeah. yeah so, so there's a route to employability really here as well, isn't there? You know, if you can, if you can uh, work out what, what the browser can do for you, you can obviously tout that as something that you can do and, you know, you yeah. can express your green credentials and so on. But, um, but yeah, it, interesting how much has changed in the recent past and how much I've got to learn. Um, but yeah, we'll see as time goes on. Okay. What's next? Um, no, I think that's probably just, well, we have got a few other little points, but I think maybe we've covered it, but you just said something which just prompted me to something I'm sure we'll get into later, um, which is the power that a front end developer now has with this intrinsic design. I was mentioning this to you before, and it, it relates to, again, Jed Simmons talk about the fact that the tradition of web design has always been that someone has the idea, you do a low-fi version of it, then a high-fi version of it, and then you hand it over to the front-end developer to code it up or whoever that is. Whereas now, because there is so much to think about with this performance accessibility, how these will display on different platforms, you've not got just sort of three devices you're looking at, that suddenly there's a power with uh, the, the people who are doing the front end. So just learning a bit of HTML and CSS, you, you can become quite a, a powerful person in the whole design process, I think. Yeah, it's definitely a route to employability. But as I said, for me at the minute, mm. it's not because I just simply don't know it. So if, as you're listening to this, any of this has rung, you know, rung a bell and you think, um, well, yeah, maybe there's some, maybe there's some learning that's going to happen in this podcast. Yeah. Go and visit the site. I don't know as yet how we're going to do things like subscribing. You can obviously do that uh, in your podcast player of choice. <laughs> Again, give us time to to get a feed going and all of that. We've got to work all of that out. But the the website will be called noscript.show. And it will, the, yeah, sorry, it'll have on. a it'll, it'll have a rubbish logo because we might even talk about that later. Throw it open because we just want to cover everything, don't we? That we might do when we're actually building a site and the thought process, if we can, with this. Um, do you think we've probably talked for long enough on this first episode? I think so. I think we've explained really what the premise of the whole show is. So hopefully, dear listener, you have understood what we're trying to do. Stay with us um, and hopefully we'll achieve it in the days, weeks and months to come. So yeah. Yeah. Can I, I've actually got a, a bit of a, shall I just say what I think is next up? I've yeah. sent you the, yeah. yeah, what I think. Uh, so uh, if we are all agreeing and people are sticking with us that there is a bit of a paradigm shift on there, the fundamentals, as we've said about web design completely changed. So conversations you and I have had on the other podcast for seven years can be revisited with a new light again. But I think maybe for next time, the best places to start is with the CSS and what the changes there actually mean for us. And, um, you know, most, a lot of people are just not author, authoring CSS themselves, you know, you and I included for mm, yeah, yeah. Nelvin yeah. and again, we use third party platforms, but I think now it's been massively refactored into something more comprehensive and logical. It's probably start with, uh, someone who's better explaining that. So what we'll try and do is have a look at, uh, Rachel Andrews, who's somebody who pretty much uh, almost is a one woman mission, I think, to get CSS good to us. <laughs> um, she's a real expert in this. Um, so we'll look at some of the stuff that she says about that. And even if you're not thinking of getting into CSS or coding it yourself, I still think it's quite useful because it might allow you to evaluate something like a framework that you want to use, which one's going to be best for you from that kind of foundational knowledge because definitely things have changed. So I think that's what we'll cover next. We'll start with the the dreaded CSS. Yeah. And just 
as a little addendum to that, if if you tune into that episode, I, it's more or less guaranteed, if you haven't been keeping up to date with it, that you're, there's going to be some little nugget that you didn't even know. David's been drip feeding me for months now, all of these little bits and pieces that he's been discovering. And honestly, they're buried. You have to go find them. And so it's uh, it's fascinating and hopefully we'll surface some of those. Yeah. So I guess that's a wrap on the first no script show. I don't know if we're even going to call it that. I think it might be called the No Script Web Show or a variant thereof. We'll see. But the URL once more, noscript.show. That's it. Episode number one is done. Yeah. We'll be Thank back you. at some point. Thanks, David. Yeah. Bye.